We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's Danny Morang, no Brandon Sprague. We're going to call him a traitor and decide, he decided to up and leave us for greener pastures. No, he's uh, he's out with the fam in California, taking the week off of radio as well. Instead, I'm joined by the much nicer, much smarter, uh, much better follow, Kristen Preak. Kristen Peak of Yahoo Sports, NBA draft analyst. Uh, Kristen, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. This, like, uh, to me is my... Like everybody's looking at like the NBA finals, like who's going to win. And to me, it's just draft season. So I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to talk anything NBA draft. It, it is my favorite time of year. I, I have to admit, I, I know some people, they get worked up about the idea of why can't you enjoy the basketball? Why do you, why do you enjoy the draft or player movement or something else uh, you know, more than the game itself? I love the game of basketball. I watch more tape than probably most of the known universe. I still love the draft. <laughs> the, the, I, I legitimately think my favorite thing about the NBA is watching players in their first four years figure stuff out. Right, exactly. Like To me, the NBA draft is graduation. <laughs> and for like someone, like I, I'm the idiot who is with these players... <laughs> When they're 14, 15 years old in a back gym with no air conditioning, like getting to know them, getting to know their parents, getting to know them as people and as players and watching them grow. And so for the NBA draft, it's just like, I, I love being there. I love seeing where they're going to land. And especially for a team like Portland, I mean, this is a very meaningful draft for you guys. So in this draft class especially it's like okay what's gonna happen who's gonna land there are you guys gonna keep the pick are you not what's gonna happen in the rebuild possibly <laughs> with dame lillard like it, it it's very very interesting for me and that's why i love the draft so much well, let's kind of start there. You obviously don't just cover the draft for the Portland Trailblazers and who they're going to take. You take a look at the entirety of the NBA draft. When you take a look at this class, what are the, obviously the highlights are is Victor Wembanyama, Scoot, and Brandon Miller. But when you take a look at, a, at every class, every class kind of has its hallmark 
thoughts and processes and traits when you look at this class. If you're looking at this class selectively, the, particularly in the first round in general, or if you want to break it up into the lottery, non-lottery, what, what are the things that you kind of take away from this class in general? Honestly, with this draft class, especially like you look at Victor Wimbanyama, who is going to be the number one pick in this draft. He's going to go to the, um, the San Antonio Spurs. But the fact that he's still playing meaningful minutes mm -hmm. in the pro a league in France, and he's, he's playing in the finals like him. So Victor Wimbanyama and then another potential lottery pick Bilal Kolobali, mm -hmm. um, they are now they've they've put the metropolitans 92 into the finals of the pro a they defeated asvel who was a three-time champion and the fact that like he's still playing meaningful minutes and he's gonna be the number one pick is unheard of and it, it it's just fun and like i mean this isn't like a plug for myself at all but like i am doing me and Kevin Dana are are doing the the, the call, the play by play for Saturday for the first game of the finals. Oh, no kidding. Um yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and and I love Kevin Dana because he does all his homework on like everybody else and all I have to know about is Victor and now Blog Globali. Yeah. So that's the only <laughs> those are the only two players that I have to know. But the fact that they're still playing meaningful minutes the draft is two weeks away. The the Trailblazers sitting at three. I mean, you guys are in such an inter interesting spot because, you know, you could say, okay, you guys have the easiest pick in the draft, but then again, you don't because are you going to trade it? Is it, are you going to keep the pick? If, <laughs> if, if, if Charlotte goes two and they take Scoot Henderson, are you going to take Brandon Miller or I know the twins, mm -hmm. a and Asar Thompson were just in, in Portland. Are you going to take one of them? Like it, it's not as easy as people think. So I think one of the things that I've seen here locally is trying to classify Scoot as a prospect because he's the name everybody obviously is very enamored with. He's the guy that, I've had executives tell me that in any other draft he would unquestionably go number one. hundred percent. Yeah. When you're when you're when you're rating, when you're ranking, when you're putting Scoot there, just how different is he from your I, sh I shouldn't say your average, but your normal number one pick. With Victor Duncan LeBron kind of being the outlier, yeah, no kidding. But when you talk about Scoot, where does he kind of sit? in the pantheon of like a normal, normal, a normal number one overall pick. I mean, Victor said it best when uh, he was asked this and mind you, I asked this question <laughs> in October. It's always funny when you're, when you're in like a media scrum and then you get the answers that everybody else takes and you're like, Oh, I asked that. That could have been <laughs> my answer. You know, you kind of take pride in like prompting that answer, but asking the good question. Victor, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And Victor, Victor's, I asked him about Scoot Henderson and he said, I've been watching him for the last couple of years. He's my favorite draft prospect in this class. And if I had never been born, you know, Scoot Henderson would definitely be the number one prospect in this class. Like Victor said that, you know, and so you see, you see that. And then you also see Scoot to this day all the way up to like, I saw him at the NBA draft combine and he said, he's like, 
I still think I'm the best draft prospect in this class. And, and he has said to me, you look at Zion Williamson who went number one and you look at John Morant who went number two. And it's always the guards that kind of elope the bigger players. Mm -hmm. And you see, um, even now, like Chet Holgram had a foot injury. He couldn't even play this year. Mm -hmm. So you not only have Scoot Henderson saying that, but you have a men in the star Thompson saying that. And they're like, okay, Victor, 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 Victor is over here, Mm -hmm. but look at us. Like we are going to be the ones that absolutely make a mark in this draft class. And they a thousand percent believe that. And so when you, when you look at like Victor, yes, he is a thousand percent going to be the number one pick to the San Antonio Spurs. But at two, you don't know, like you could plug and play Scoot Henderson or any other guard alongside LaMelo Mm -hmm. because of the way they're going to change the culture because of what they project at the NBA level. And that's fine. And then everything else like falls into place. Right. So yes, Victor is number one, but let's not forget about Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, and the Thompson twins that are falling, you know, two to five for sure. When you look at this, this group right now, obviously the, the big story that is circulating through the NBA to what the trailblazers do at number three, but before we get to three, you got to go through two. Yes. All of the intel that's out there right now is that Brandon Miller is the presumptive number two overall pick. Well, he's the better fit for sure. Yes. And that was kind of where I was going to go with this is that when you're looking at Charlotte, as of right now, they're, they're, they're talent poor when you compare them to the rest of the NBA and they need to add high level talent. If you're looking at that, that, that situation, do you look at that? Yes, Brandon Miller is an elite level talent, but he's also an elite level talent that fits better is that kind of the rationale behind it he he is the better fit i think for charlotte if they're looking at best available prospect they'll go with scoot and that's why number two is so interesting Mm -hmm. is because like i don't know what they're gonna do like literally nobody if you're portland you can't you can't assume that they're just going Mm -hmm. to take brandon miller because they could take also scoot henderson so that puts you at three in a very interesting, you know, situation. But um, either way, like, I think the drop-off is after four Mm -hmm. in terms of talent. You know, you got Victor, 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 and then you got Scoot and Brandon. And so for Portland, it's not a bad place to be at at number three because four to seven is where, you know, people have to try to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And, and so for me, it's like, you're, you're, especially in the fact that like the next two draft classes after this are so like, they fall off a little bit. Mm -hmm. So to be three in this draft class, when you've got Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, and Amen and Nassar Thompson as possible, you know, secondary pieces to Victor Wembanyama is not a bad place to be. And, and. And that's and that that's all I'll say because if this were any other draft year, the next two draft years, it's not only okay, who are you taking at three? It's who are we gonna take number one? Mm-hmm. Like nobody knows. 
Last, I mean, okay. last last year, Paolo was not number one until exactly. the night before the draft. The, the night, the night before, exactly. So in yeah, this and, in this draft, we've known for a year who's going to be. We've known, one. we've known that Victor's going to be number one. We've obviously known that Scoot is the secondary prize, and Brandon Miller is now sneaking into that. Next year, it's like I asked. I, I, you know, I was at Hoop Summit and mm-hmm. I said, okay, who, who would you guys take number one next year? I asked several NBA scouts and they're like, oh, and it's Collier. Matos Brazelis. <laughs> it's, you know, like there, there's no clear cut number one. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see a lot of teams, like even if the, the trailblazers, you know, they, they take conversations or they accept trades at number three. Mm-hmm. This is the year that it's going to happen because there's a lot of teams that are interested in the value of these players in this draft class because the next two years kind of fall off. And so they're going to try to get as much value as possible mm-hmm. in this draft class, if that makes sense. Until Cam Boozer's a, a, a draft eligible Absolutely. player. Absolutely. <laughs> 2026. Cam Boozer, Cooper Flagg, yep. Darren Peterson. <laughs> Malik Thomas, like those are all names that you guys need to know coming up. But until that happens, you're, I, I mean, you're, you, you are picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> the next couple draft classes are not as strong until that point. Yes. The, the, the next two classes do not have the high end uh, profiles. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And that's, that's, that's not saying there might be some guys that are exactly. late bloomers right. or something like that, but when you're projecting, you I have mean, to and go Trevin off projection. Brazil, Trevin Brazil yeah. from Arkansas, who tore his ACL this year, who's a 6'10 wing, mm-hmm. could absolutely come back and dominate college basketball and show everyone, like, I'm the number one pick in the draft. And we could all be like, oh, okay, Trevin Brazil. Problem solved. Thank you. <laughs> yes. But we don't know what he's projecting. We don't know what he's going to be. We don't know what AJ Johnson is going to do over in Australia. Mm-hmm. We don't know what Zachary Ruchache is going to do in France, who is a top three pick. We don't know what Cody Williams, Jalen Williams brother mm-hmm. is going to do at Colorado. Like these are all, we're all just like, huh? like we're, we're throwing up our shoulders. Like nobody knows what these players are going to do to project to the NBA level. That's that's all it is. Whereas with this class, you look at a guy like Victor. Absolutely. We Wentner, all knew Scoot. Victor was going to be number one yeah. uh, 80,000 years ago. 1,000%. <laughs> and a guy like Scoot with his extended time in yes. the G League, graduating yes. high school early, yes. you, you get the pedigree idea. So right. with that all in said, what's funny is I see all the time, and I see it now in the comments and on Twitter of – you know, you can't pass on Scoot. You can't pass on Scoot. Uh, Scoot's going to be generational. And while I believe he's going to be a tremendous player, I know for a fact that 99% of you have not watched one whole game of Scoot Henderson. <laughs> so Thanks. can you do me a favor, Kristen? Break down Scoot. What is his your scouting report for Scoot Henderson? Good, bad, and otherwise. Honestly, like, Scoot is one of those players. So he joined the G League Ignite at 17 years old. He took um, a a contract that was reportedly a million dollars, which was, like, the largest contract for a high school kid at the time. And what he's done in the G League is unbelievable. He's a playmaker. He is – he gets to the rim. He bodies – he's a bully at the rim. 
And at one point this year before he shut it down and just was like, I'm going to completely just focus on the draft. But before he in December at the G League showcase, I was like, scoot. And this is what I, I like ask a lot of players. I'm like, where do you want to end up? Where do you want to go? And he said to me, he's like, KP, honestly, I'm, I'm just bored. And saying that he's bored in the sense of playing mm. at the G League and playing against that competition, he was just excited to graduate essentially to the NBA and be able to compete against the next level of competition. And, and, and we see that in the pre-draft process and what he's done with his body, the way that he's changed his diet. And he's one of those guys where like, I don't even question what he's going to be in his rookie year mm -hmm. because I've already seen it. Like I already know he's going to be instrumental and impactful in whatever team he lands on because of what we've seen in his impact with the G League Ignite, right? And he's still only 19 years old. Like it's 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 unbelievable. Like it's you have to you have to remember that when you project Scoot Henderson at any sort of professional level. And yeah, I he's one of those players like I'm I'm with the masses. You cannot pass up on him at two. Uh, well, I agree with you there. Do you think some of the the boredom that you talked about there, do you think some of that comes apart because there wasn't something really on the line, like the competitiveness of an NBA season or college basketball where you're you're playing for a title? Do you think that that, that maybe right, contributed to some fair. of that? That is fair. And what also is fair is the fact that like the Ignite, like when he joined the team, it was still on that like COVID year. Yeah, stuff was and still so kind of weird. So everything was still like, okay, we're figuring this out. And then it was like, okay, we're going to have this G League um, showcase in the middle of the year, but then we're going to have the playoffs. And Scoot is sitting there like, okay, how do I fit into this? Mm -hmm. Where you've got, you know, uh, Madi Sissoko and Leonard Miller who are like thriving mm -hmm. in that sort of situation. And, you know, those two are fringe first rounders as well. But when we're looking at, at, uh, Scoot specifically, like what he did playing against, um, Victor Wimbanyama in those two games, mm -hmm. he, I think more than did enough to solidify himself as like the second best prospect in this draft class. And I'm not even talking about what Brandon Miller and his, his body of work, what he did collegially. Mm -hmm. But when you're looking at those two games specifically and what Victor was able to achieve, if a team is looking at best available prospect and not necessarily like how is he going to fit alongside LaMelo Ball, like Scoot Henderson is the second best prospect in this draft class. Okay. The, obviously, the other name that Portland is linked with is Brandon Miller. Right. Um, before we go to Brandon, uh, I hate doing this, but I feel like so many people want to hear some version of it. If you're comping Scoot to somebody in the NBA, currently past, present, otherwise, right. who and it doesn't have to be somebody now. Is there is who's the guy that really comes to mind with him? He is a mixture, and he's he's been comped this way for the last year. And even like when I ask him about this, like this is these are two players that he has grown up watching. He has been comped as a mixture of a young Russell Westbrook mixed with a healthy Derrick Rose. 
And when you ask Scoot who he watches, he said, yes, I watched Derrick Rose during his MVP season. Like I watched him at Memphis. Like he, those two players specifically are two players that he's watched and try to model his game after. So when you hear those comps of like, he's a mixture of those two players, then it makes sense. And, and I, I, you know, watching Scoot, I see it. Yes. Like you hear, you hear comps and you're like, oh, all right. Like I, I've heard the comp with Brandon Miller and Paul George. And I'm like, okay, I'm still waiting to see it. But yeah. when I hear the comp with Scoot Henderson and those two players, I already see it. Yeah. I, I think it's, and for those wondering, KP last year, uh, called Shaden Sharp, Anthony Edwards with a jump shot. I so, did. Um, she, uh, she doesn't hold back with her comps. But she also, she also hasn't been wrong yet. She's, she's one for one right now. Um, but you, you talk about Brandon Miller and the, and the comp and you know, it's funny is I'll, I want to start with what the comp that I have for him. And I said late career Richard Lewis. Okay. And, and the reason I went that with That's that was fair. is because he doesn't have the young, young, Richard, I think people forget young Richard in Seattle could get by just about anybody at that position his handle, his ability to create a little bit of separation. Later on, he didn't have the burst, but he was smart. And it was uh, he was very economical in, in how he went about his offense, where nice spot-up game, could get, to the, could get to the lane a little bit still. Not a massive free-throw generator, but a multi-positional guy where you could kind of slide him up and down. So, Which, again, if you're a late-career Richard Lewis, I think that's a hell of a player. Um, yes. and, and we're not talking like the very late career we're, we're talking post post Seattle. So um, when you, when you look at Brandon, what do you see? What, what, what kind of player is he? What is his? Okay. I, I've literally, I've heard people say to me, they're like, Oh, he's a better shooting Jabari Smith jr. And Jabari coming in at three, you know, and, and he was a little, he uh, had a little bit. I, I, I don't want to, I never like calling players soft. But he had, like, Jabari had a little bit of time adjusting to the NBA level, if that's fair. And when I look at Brandon, I don't see that. I see of him I see him more as a defensive threat. Like, I can go back to the last home game of the season when they were down 17 against Auburn, and Brandon single-handedly brought them back. And this at the time, he was one for six from three, he wasn't doing anything offensively. He had six turnovers, but defensively, he was the one that was altering the course of that mm -hmm. game and brought them back. So I see that in Brandon in terms of upside as defensive versatility and what he can bring. And, you know, when, when people talk about, okay, okay, Victor, Victor, and then Scoot, and then Brandon, like, I see Scoot and Brandon as almost equal consolation prizes mm -hmm. to Victor. And if it's one of those things where if like Charlotte doesn't see the fit with Brandon and they want to take Scoot in the upside in terms of what he's going to bring in culture and in the backcourt, then great. Then, then Portland has the easiest decision in this entire draft. You take Brandon Miller. And you slip him alongside Dame and Aunt Anthony Simons, and also like Shane Sharp. He's kind of instrumental in that sort of regards. Like he's a 
he's a more he's a better shooting more versatile wing mm -hmm. than Shaden and what Shaden brings in terms of upside with athleticism and and versatility but like I I think they could coexist together do you know what I mean yes you know for sure when you look at Brandon and Scoot yeah I have repeatedly said unless you're Victor, unless you're LeBron, unless you're Tim Duncan, unless you are the rarest of the rare. The one, yes. Unabashedly him, so to speak. Yeah. You do not impact winning as a rookie in the way that I think most people think rookies do. I, yeah. I've seen a lot of people say, well, if the Blazers, if they moved on from Damian Lowe, they added Scoot, they'd be fine. It's like, mm, Scoot's 19. Yes. You look at Jason Tatum right now, he's 25. Six years removed from his draft, he's fully ascending six yeah. years later in the perfect environment surrounded by veterans. That is the very rare case that a guy is good in year three and great in year six. Yes. It's, it's, especially when you come in the league at 18, 19 years old. I love that the joke with Jason Tatum is that he's still, still 19. 19. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. But when you look at both these guys, Scoot and Brandon, Yes. How much do you think that they could impact winning, particularly in Portland? If they I think, honestly, in, in terms of impact winning, in terms of being a positive force on any program that, whether that's Charlotte, whether that's Portland, whether that's uh, Houston or Detroit, I see, I honestly, I see Scoot, I see Brandon, and I see Amen and Asar Thompson impacting all of those programs in a positive light in the sense where their work ethic, their drive, their, their youth and their upside totally subsides, like whatever they're going to deal with in year one. And they're going to be able to impact whatever program they're at with for a long time. Like we're looking at longevity, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I, I think, I, I think I mentioned this. It's like a man Thompson said, them, said this to me. He's like, everyone is Victor, Victor, Victor over here. And me, um, Asar, Scoot and Brandon are just sitting here. Like we can be all stars too. Mm -hmm. Like, look at us. We like the game caters to our position and he's not wrong in terms of like the guard and, and how, the NBA game caters to long athletic guards. Like we're looking at a men and a star and Brandon specifically like they, they can uh, impact the NBA just as much as Victor Wembanyama in the right situation. I think we're talking with Kristen peak of Yahoo sports, the NBA draft analyst uh, as we head, we're now what uh, two weeks away, starting tomorrow from the NBA draft, which is oh both, uh, in eternity and essentially tomorrow uh, after right. doing all the work ahead of this. Okay, so we've talked Scoot, we've talked Miller, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. What if the 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 wild thing happens and Charlotte takes two and Portland still opts to make a pick, but they don't go with Brandon Miller and instead they go with Amen Thompson. And the reason I bring that up is um, the lovable, affable, wonderful Mike Schmitz um, before taking his position as assistant general manager of the Portland Trailblazers, tweeted out lots of stuff about lots of prospects, and they're still up on his Twitter account now. I've told him, why did you take that down? He says, ah, it's there. You know, it's kind of one of those situations. But he himself was quite enamored with Amy yes. Thompson. 
when you look at him as a prospect, again, looking as a, as a profile, what do you look at him as a player? Yes, there's absurd athleticism, but what is it about? Because there's absurd athletes in every draft. Why does he skyrocket up to kind of play along with his absurd athleticism? I will say this about a man in both Asar. Because, you know, you got a man is the playmaker who, you know, they're they're identical twins, right? So a man his And they're identical. Born. You can't tell those guys Ident- apart. Like I once asked, I was like, because I'm a twin myself. I am an oh, no identical kidding. twin myself. Yes. Oh I wow. have a twin sister, Lisa. Mm-hmm. And and like and so I've always been like, Oh, how do you guys tell yourself apart? Blah, blah, blah. But with a men and a star, I remember asking them and I was like, How do you guys tell the difference? And they just shrug their shoulders and Asar's like, oh, a men's hair flops over more in the front. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that's it. Well, then a man decided to cut his hair. So now it's like, I did, I did like a 45 minute interview with them last month. And I remember I have the microphone and I was like, oh, a man, blah, blah, blah. And I asked him. But as I'm thinking, I'm asking a man, like, I'm looking at a is star. Is that a star? I'm looking at a star and then a man answers. And I was just like, oh, oh, sorry. Mike, sorry. you're sorry. No, like, like you, it is. They, they it look is, identical, identical. Identical. It is, and it even, is crazy. Even NBA scouts who are not in the, you know, one to five range who, you know, have just watched them from afar. Mm-hmm. I've, I was like, who do you guys like better? And I had an NBA scout say to me, he's like, I can't tell them apart. So it's not just you and me. It's, <laughs> it's you know, the masses. The places where they had him in, they, they had the same jersey number on. So it was like. I know. I, <laughs> I can't tell which one's which. Are you kidding me? I know. I know. But a man in the sense where he is projected higher than a star mm-hmm. in, in the terms of what he is as a primary ball handler and as a playmaker it would not surprise me at all if Portland took either a men or a star at three and passed on Brandon Miller, just what they project at the primary ball handler, perimeter players, defensive versatility. Like I know everybody is like hot on them as their jump shot and and what Mm -hmm. the progression is there. But I don't, I don't fret about their, jump shot or you know that development because i look at what uh you know lamello ball was projecting coming mm-hmm. into the league and he only shot 26 percent, 27 percent from three-point range and then ended up being very very productive his rookie year and he was the rookie of the year for the league so like i don't if if they if players with a men and a star thompson not only them but also anthony black like the way that they stay in the gym mm-hmm. and that the way that they work on their shot and, and are very just like gym rats. I don't, I don't worry about the progression for their three point shot. So it would not surprise me at all. If Portland decided to take a Menorah or Thompson and plug them alongside Damian Lillard or Anthony Simons in the backcourt outside of Brandon Miller. That think, would not surprise me at all. Do you think it's fair to, to categorize a man as um, comp-wise, at least, pre-injury Sean Livingston? He, so, 
Sean Livingston, fine. I also mm. think him and Asar and Shay Gilgis Alexander are very comparable just in the way. Shay had a pretty good they, year. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. take a lot of threes. Still pretty good. Exactly. Like that to <laughs> me is more comparable in, in the way that they okay. project at the NBA level. Um, and, and hey, Shay was a first team all NBA, whatever. Like pretty good. He is the future at Oklahoma City. So mm. to say, oh, your comp is Shay Gilgis Alexander is not a bad thing to have. No, that's a that's pretty pretty darn good. If Shay keeps <laughs> his track up, he's literally on a Hall of Fame track, being a right. first first team All NBA player in year what five? Yeah, that's right. it's a solid place to start. Um, <laughs> the Blazers don't just pick pick number three, and if anything. To me, that is the least likely position of the three spots that they have, 323 and 43 that they end up picking. 23, there's a lot of names that can be 23 in that range. 23 is fun. 23 is fun. Who are some names that you like at 23? Listen, 23 <laughs> is a fun, like, that, that back half of the first round is mm -hmm. where you really have to do your scouting, and it's not necessarily who's still on the table will take them. Like, I, I feel like that happens a lot in the lottery and in the mid first round. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking at 23, it's like, you really have to do your scouting. And some of the names that could be there, you know, like I look at Derek Whitehead and, and he is one mm -hmm. of those names where it's like, okay, we saw nothing from him in college, yeah. nothing. Because of his foot injury, he just had a second foot surgery. He came back too early, but what he projects is he's six seven, six eight. I saw him at the NBA draft combine. He looks great. And so you plug him in in any sort of NBA situation with the spacing, and it's like, okay, can he be a productive guard? And so he is a very fascinating name, I think, at that 23 range. I think if Max Lewis from Pepperdine mm -hmm. falls to that, he is a do not pass go collect $100. Like you have to pick them up mm -hmm. at 23. Um, but other than that, it's like, it, it, it's kind of like the wild, wild west. And I say that positively because mm -hmm. there's so many options, you know, in the back half of the first round that, that teams can go for. Like if I don't think Derek lively will still be there, but like you said, like trace Jackson Davis, Jaime Hawkes, like mm -hmm. we're, we're watching, we're watching the, productivity of Cody or no Caleb is Martin, it Caleb Martin yeah. in the NBA finals and people are like okay who is Caleb Martin in this draft class it is a thousand percent Jaime Hawkins so you're looking at that and you're like okay he can instantly impact a team I think Jaime Hawkins could um so him Trace Jackson Davis like I said Derek Whitehead and I even like Amari Bailey as a secondary mm. option. So uh, there is, it, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of fun names in that 20 to 30 range, I think, in the draft. The Blazers ended up taking uh, Jabari Walker out of Colorado at the second to last pick of the draft last year. Um, I looked at him as, a, as an upside guy in the sense of like, they think he can do some more. Uh, obviously, he was a, yeah, was a second a, leading scorer. Yeah, he's a draft and stash guy yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, when you look at, at pick forty-three, the, the Blazers already brought in um, uh, Brown from Missouri, 
Um, Kobe Brown. Yep, Kobe Brown from Missouri. They've already brought in. I I, I don't think uh, uh, what's his name from UConn is going to be there at, at forty three by any chance. Uh, Adama Sinoko. No, no. I'm sorry, uh, Andre. Oh, oh yeah. He's going to be long gone be by yeah, then. Yeah, he'll be gone. Um, what What are some names that you look at at forty three? Is like they can do A B A and B, but they need to work on C to be a, Listen, a rotation player. I think I honestly think the most intriguing player in this draft class is Amani Bates. And I think he will be there in the 40 range. And it's a divisive pick for sure. Listen, like he is a guy, he's six, nine can mm-hmm. shoot the lights out. Um, still very young. He's only 19 years old. And I remember going into the draft lottery. Like I told NBA teams, I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to talk to him. Like he has always been such a headache any time for media to talk mm-hmm. to him. And I went down to his media availability. He, there were seven of us there, I think. And he shook everyone's hand and he said, thank you all so much for coming. Looked us all in the eye, was like, I appreciate, I appreciate y'all and answered every question, whether it was, you know, based on what he did in high school, why he's a bust essentially. And it, it seemed like his maturity had stepped up. And I remember I, te- remember I texted four or five teams after that media availability. I was like, uh, newsflash. Like, <laughs> He's grown up in Eastern Michigan. Amani <laughs> Bates has turned a corner. Like, what is this? I'm actually writing about him tomorrow just as like the most intriguing player in this draft class because when you look at what teams want, they want youth and they want upside and Amani has that, but he also has this like stipulation on him from what he was projected as mm-hmm. a young player and he hasn't necessarily lived up to that. But he, again, he's still only 19 years old. So when you're looking at his intangibles at 6'9 and he's a shooter, like there is still a lot to- Shooting with size, still hard like, to find. Honestly, take a swing on him with a two-way and you're fine. Like there nobody's gonna like fire you drafting Amani Bates with his upside potential and what he wants to do as a pro. Especially with a know. third two a third two-way deal now. Right, right, right. Um, so if he is there at 40 something, he is definitely gonna be like the buzzy name. Worth like, considering. And Portland exactly. is right there at 43 exactly. at the front end of the 40s. I do have one question from the comments that um, I think is very pertinent considering the NBA Finals going on. Uh, really, um, are there any uh, chubby, skilled, seven-foot Serbians available in the 40s? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what? My brother is a massive Denver Nuggets fan, and so he's like, oh, the Nuggets at 40-whatever. Or well, I don't even know what pick they have. They have they have a late. Oh, they're, they're, they're pick. number one pick, so they should have the last round of the second of the, of the second round. Yeah, well, I guess they could so, have traded out. So yeah, so I'm just like, okay, James Naji is one that comes to mind. Is also, he going to make it out of the first? He's he's James Naji is going to be a second round pick. I okay, think. I don't know. Well, but like, and now you got you know Jonathan Gavoni like. Putting his name I, out there. I, I, his, his name went a lot higher than I heard. Exactly. From, from, I'm like, yeah. And, and the games I've watched, I'm like, okay, is this is this a rouge from? I'm sorry, like their agents, mm. because the games I've watched, I'm like, I don't know if he has enough to make the first round. But 
I like James. I, I like James Najee. Mm-hmm. I also like. Um, there's this other. There's this other Nikola Drujevich uh, mm. from Serbia, who I also like. And Nikola from Serbia, you got you. You have know, you have eyes I raising. Know. Like he he went head to head with Amen and Asar. I saw them in Serbia mm. play against each other. I like him a lot. Um, I I I mean there there are a couple names and then you also got you know um victor Wimbanyama's teammate um Bilal Kulobali, mm-hmm. who's sneaking into the lottery range like they're i i think i don't think people are um very susceptible or they know they realize how much the nba game is becoming global mm-hmm. with the superpowers that are coming up and it's it's coming sooner than they think. With Victor, with Luca, with Giannis, mm-hmm. with Nikola Jokic, like they're all international players, and they are running the NBA. And even you know some I- of the yeah, and even some of the the, the later first round guys. Sidi Sissoko came in for a workout and oh, he was yeah. incredible. City, yeah, yeah, he, he was yeah. incredible. I mean, personality, a uh, hundred out of ten. First right. of all, <laughs> but right. as as a prospect, he's what six seven rangy as could be. Uh, has all the athleticism in the world and loves to play defense. Which, how many kids do you find coming into the draft Absolutely. who love to play defense with tools? Absolutely, yes, yeah. It, it's a it's a rare find. <laughs> so when you when you want guys that are like, okay, let's play one on one. I want to play defense the yeah. entire time. You yeah. take ball. I'm sure, you know, I'm Ding yeah. you up. And that, that's, you know, there's a case to be made that there's a, there's a world for those guys that make a lot of money. Um, yes. and, and recognizing that, uh, early and often is a good way to go. Uh, Kristen, I don't want to take any more of your time. I would literally talk to you just endlessly about this stuff. I love it. Thank you for taking time. Well, what are you guys coming up for NBA draft week? Uh, and what are you working on right now? Oh my gosh. Um, okay. I had a mock that dropped earlier this week, me and Adam Finkelstein from 247 Sports and CBS. We broke down a men Thompson, me and, um, Wasserman are breaking down the latest draft rumors next week. So that's on my, my podcast. On How many podcast. more mocks do you have between now and draft night? One, one more, just one. one more. Wow, yes. so that'll be the la- that'll be the mock that'll of truth. Be, it'll, I have nine po- nine <laughs> out now. It'll be ten. That'll be it, and then and it's like Bronny James watch from there on out. Like, <laughs> oh, hey, I might get you in a USC game. Draft. So, yes, I know. Like I saw USC, they announced they're like, oh, our first game of the season is going to be against Kansas State in Las Vegas, and I like text my editor. I was like. Uh, I'm already assuming that you want me here. I'll be in Vegas. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, you can follow Kristen on social media at Kristen Peak. You can read her work at Yahoo Sports. Again, thank you for taking time. Uh, and real quick, I need to thank our sponsor, Move Insoles, who will continue to be the sponsor of the show because I lost a bet to Damian Lillard over a boxing match. There you go. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Kristen, thank you so much. Uh, everybody else, no, thank you. Anytime, everybody, like, rate, view, subscribe. Help us get the channel to over five thousand. Uh, we're just about there. Uh, if you want the additional content we'll have coming up on the draft, uh, I will be posting that there on the Patreon channel. Uh, you can find the link in the description. Again, thank you, Kristen. Thank you all, everybody. Take care. Have a great night, and I uh, will. Talk-
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.